Hey, hey! Good morning! Welcome to another episode of AI Buzz. My name is Nick. We have some awesome things to talk about today in the world of machine learning and artificial intelligence. Let's get to it. First, I want to talk about a company called Arm. If you haven't heard of Arm, um, that's fine. Most people have not, but you might, you're likely using a device that they made right now. More about that. Talk about how Square, the uh, one of the players in the payments industry, is using machine learning. Talk about Hyundai and how they are using machine learning. That's a name that we have really not heard too much from in this uh, space. Lastly, we will talk about how machine learning can help with materials science research. I'm particularly interested in that, as that is my background. And um, it's combining materials and machine learning, which are two of my favorite things. So can't wait for that one. That one's last. But these other stories are also equally awesome. Let's get to it. So ARM, they are crushing it in mobile processors. They are that name that you've never heard of, kind of like Oracle, where you don't really think about them as a consumer. Uh, you know, most the general public probably has no idea who they are, yet almost everyone who uses a modern computing device is using one of their products. Um, so they're one of these companies that kind of operate under the radar, but they really are a leader uh, compared to some of these other uh, chip development companies. So it's so easy to get caught up in the kind of the software, the accuracy, the cool applications of machine learning, um, talking a lot about the software, talked last time about how AI can help uh, uh, researchers decipher ancient Greek relics, can actually analyze many, many times faster these, these old Greek artifacts and try to find the missing characters and you know things like that. These, these applications of AI just blow me away, and I have to read about them and I have to talk about them. This is why I have this podcast. So it's so easy to just, you know, really focus in on that. And something that's equally important that I probably don't talk about quite enough is the development of accompanying hardware. The development of hardware to support the software is key if we want this to be actually used in our everyday life. As models get more and more powerful, uh, and we get more and more data, and we have more and more connected devices. Uh, it's projected that we'll have over six connected devices per person by the year 2020, so next year. So every person is going to have, uh, everyone who is connected will ha be connected to over six devices on average, which is just a mind-boggling amount of data. And really where the industry likely will go is um, 
detailed really well in an interview that I read from the company Venture Beat. So they had this interview with uh, the VP of machine learning at ARM. His name is Steve Roddy, and he talks about where ARM is going. So ARM, they really focus on these these mobile, low-power, uh, high-compute, kind of these, these chip packages that, that really crunch in a lot into these small uh, footprints. So they're, they're famous for making these cell phone processors. Um, and he, Roddy uh, discusses how in the future, um, really the compute is going to be done and the machine learning is going to be done on device. And he talks about how even today, so in, this, in the high-end cell phone you have right now, the most recent uh, iPhone or the most recent Samsung or Huawei phone, they actually already have dedicated machine learning processors. They have what's called NPUs, so neural processing units. These are, these are little devices inside your chip package that specialize in deep learning. Essentially, um, they're, not, they're not doing the training per se, but they are... Uh, they are doing what's called the inference, so they're actually making the prediction on chip a lot of times. And so that's exactly where he says, um, you know, the whole mobile processor unit or, uh, you know, industry is going is towards on-device inference and on-device deployment, and he wants ARM to lead that. So essentially why he thinks ARM has a huge advantage in this space is because a lot of the other companies that are, that are trying to put uh, machine learning processors on mobile devices, they don't have, um, you know, electronic engineers and mathematicians kind of working on the exact same team. They have teams of mathematicians that are creating these you know, leading the research into these models and just blowing everyone away with, with what they can do with machine learning and the software perspective, but then actually implementing those models, you know, a lot of times there's kind of a bottleneck there. Implementing those models requires either a lot of hardware or a lot of space or, um, you know, it's just, it's... You know, bringing it from the chalkboard into a mobile device is extremely difficult. And he argues it's the most important thing that we can work on in the field, which really makes a lot of sense. You know, as, as we have this Internet of Things, we don't want to be beaming all this data up to the cloud and then, you know, have the processing and, uh, and inference and deployment and stuff down on the cloud and then beam it back. When you have six devices per person, that you know, from especially from a data security perspective, you know, having this data just racing back and forth all over the place, you know, it's not going to be economical. You're really going to limit where you can put machine learning if it needs to be beamed to another device. So having it done on device is key and ARM seems to be very well positioned to be one of the leaders in that. So he really wants 
to remind everyone that, you know, creating these high power chalkboard models uh, are fantastic. You know, it's it's great. We love talking about it on this show. But being able to work with a limited compute is is really the key that he wants everyone to remember. Start thinking about how you're going to deploy this onto a small sensing chip. Uh, one one thing that he mentions is rooms could have something like uh, kind of micro uh, kind of fire sensors where if there's a fire in a room, he would want maybe 10, 10 different little fire sensors in the room that could kind of see where people are in the room. If it's all you know clouded up from smoke and stuff, it could alert firefighters to where people are in the room. Um, you know, so that's kind of it'd be an example of a machine learning model that is deployed onto those chips that would be already trained to recognize a person versus not a person. But then you want on-device uh, kind of prediction, uh, kind of a binary thing, like, yes, there's people in this room, or yes, they're over here. Um, so being able to fit these things into really small packages is where it's going. And, yeah, ARM, I really learned a lot from covering the story. I'm really glad I did, because I did not know enough. They really are... You know, they really seem to be the leader, um, you know, in kind of these specialized machine learning chips. And they have a good strategy of combining uh, the electronics experts with the mathematicians. So really kind of an engineering team. You know, being able to work from, go from the theory to the application is really how we're going to get this, this stuff moved forward. So cool story out of ARM, and I'll be trying to focus more on this podcast on the hardware of machine learning, which is, like I said, just as important. Next up, Square. Square is really a great company in that it enables these little small businesses, people at farmer's markets. Um, It enables people who typically would not be able to accept card payments to accept card payments. So those people, those uh, you know, hardworking folks at the farmer's market, they're able to accept credit card or debit card with a very small startup cost. Usually they can get away with like an iPad, and then they have this little uh, kind of accessory that you can plug in to swipe a card, and the software is relatively reasonable. So many people can accept card payments today thanks to Square. And Square is heavily relying on AI, and they see that as a key part of their strategy going forward, according to their CEO, Jack Dorsey. Dorsey is also, you'll be familiar with his name from Twitter. He uh, played a huge role in both. He's one of those uh, those tech geniuses that just keeps coming up with these great ideas, and um, you know he's really prioritizing machine learning, which is fantastic. So several ways that Square is using machine learning is 
to kind of support their main goal, which is to really enable sellers and buyers to connect in the easiest way possible and make transactions. So one thing that he really thinks is, is huge, for, especially for the seller, is providing as much analytics and insight into their customers as possible. That's really going to support these small businesses if they have all these insights so that they can tailor their products to their audience. And he really wants that to be a personalized experience for these sellers. And to do that, he's relying a lot on uh, machine learning. They also have this uh, kind of investment arm. Arm, get it? Anyway, they have an investment arm called Square Capital and they try to find sellers that they think are really promising and they try to then support them with small business loans so that they can continue to grow and for that they use machine learning quite a bit to identify who's going to be successful who's not who's worth taking this risk to uh, potentially give them a good return on their investment additionally what twitter uh Oh, I said Twitter. Square is looking uh, to do is really just really give small businesses the tools of a larger business, and machine learning is just fantastic for that because it kind of democratizes some of the areas where typically you'd need a huge team, and one of those areas is uh, customer service. So. One way that you know these huge companies have a big advantage is they, they can have a huge customer service department. They can uh, really try to take care of you well. And sometimes they succeed, but in all cases, that requires a lot of uh, money to do, paying all those people to assist customers. So what Square is really interested in doing is applying machine learning to the customer service aspect for sellers. So to support this, they purchased a Stanford spin-off startup company called Eloquent Labs. And what this is going to do is it's going to become part of their conversational AI program. So they want to essentially create a uh, chatbot, which is going to be able to resolve some of the maybe more simple customer service problems such as handling returns, uh, you know, things like that, shipping, um, business hours. Um, so Eloquent had this chatbot named L, which could actually do exactly that. And, you know, it, 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 what it's going to do is, it, you know, it's going to enable these smaller businesses to kind of replace, you know, a, a staff of 10 customer service uh, associates you know, who would normally be assisting customers to kind of have that all handled by a hopefully easy to use machine learning tool. So anything we can do to support small businesses, I I am a huge fan of. I think we really have to continue supporting the small businesses in our world. Otherwise, Amazon's just gonna take everything over and Jeff Bezos will rule the solar system. So Square relying on AI and machine learning, uh, looking forward to see some more updates out of them and where they want to bring their tech.
Next up, this is a cool story. Hyundai, yep, that's right, Hyundai. Probably haven't thought about them um, in terms of machine learning or AI. Uh, they do make great cars, I hear, so you've probably heard of them from that aspect. Uh, but assisted driving technologies are really becoming commonplace amongst most main car manufacturers. So Toyota, Subaru, obviously Tesla. Tesla's definitely leading the pack. Uh, Subaru has some pretty nice assisted driving technology. Uh, Toyota has a really nice one. Uh, you know, they, they essentially follow the lines on the road and then can let you know when you're departing the line. They use a, co a combination of uh, usually radar um, or, or camera, computer vision. But Hyundai is kind of doing, doing an adaptation of that technology. So they want to um, begin uh, putting this into their cars. And so what they did is they have come out with what they claim is the first smart cruise control system. So what it's going to do is it's going to essentially learn the driver's driving behavior, and it's aiming to create an enhanced driving experience for the drivers. And it's going to be, instead of uh, really, you know, just completely taking over for you, it's going to learn how the driver behaves behind the wheel. And then the smart cruise control can be activated, um, and it's going to give a very natural experience for the driver. So they don't feel uncomfortable and they feel safer with, uh, you know, this, uh, with, with the computer taking over, essentially. So this is going to be based on uh, several components. It's going to really study and, well, it's going to learn, the model is going to learn how, how far the driver, uh, you know, stays to the vehicle in front of them how fast the driver accelerates, how fast the driver is reacting to different conditions. And this is a, a really cool um, kind of uh, direction that they're, they're bringing this technology because, you know, if, if, you, if you have one of these uh, cars that can do this, it definitely would be unnerving. And you really have to, you really have to lean into this technology. You have to put a lot of trust that it's going to do the right thing. And, um, you know, so many people are uh, skeptical of the technology and with driving for good reason, you know, driving, you, you can ask, you can really, you can get seriously injured or die driving. So it's good that people are skeptical, but to really, to get, you know, autonomous cars on the road, you have to make people, um, feel comfortable and make them feel safe when they're letting these computers take over. So <clears throat> I think Hyundai's really got a great idea here, and I'm really interested to see how um, how this gets applied, and um, <clears throat> you know, I think I think that's great because <clears throat> you know just saying okay, computer take over. Most people do not want to take that leap. You know, they just want to be in control. They just want to know they will get there. Uh, you know, to their destination safely. I think if people finally completely lean into the technology and several years pass, we kind of 
work out any problems with autonomous cars. I think it's going to be much, much safer than a bunch of humans on the road. Um, I think almost everyone will um, agree with me on that. But, you know, you have to make people feel comfortable at the same time if we want to increase adoption. So that's an awesome story out of Hyundai. Uh, really excited to hear how this, this works out for them. Next up, and last up, this is a story combining some of my favorite fields. Well, probably my two most favorite fields. So machine learning, of course, I'm a huge fan of. Hint, look at the title of this podcast. And also machine, jeez, uh, machine learning twice. Machine learning and machine learning. That's how much I love it. But what I meant to say was materials science. That's what I went to school for. Uh, ended up getting a doctorate degree in that field. And <clears throat> through that field, I discovered kind of how awesome machine learning is. And I took an interesting direction, interesting uh, turn uh, from that field. But I'm still very interested in materials science. And like I said, you know, you really you need the hardware for a lot of these sensors and uh, machine learning applications that are worthwhile. And there's been a lot of coverage about how uh, machine learning can assist researchers in scientific discovery. And this story talks about exactly that. It's, it's coming out of the University TU Delft in Canada. And essentially what the uh, the researchers did was they were able to invent a new material with machine learning. So the uh, pr uh, principal investigator of the study, uh, his name is Professor Miguel Besa. He's an assistant professor in the materials science department. And what he did is he, I guess, was in the space structures lab at the school, and he saw... A structure where um, is a satellite and he saw it go from a very tiny highly compressible structure into a much bigger one that was also relatively strong so being a material scientist he thought how can I kind of transfer this down to the lab scale make something really small that's kind of does the same thing that's highly compressible but is also really strong when it's expanded and I think he had a fantastic approach with this. Instead of spending thousands of hours in the lab and fabricating all these different uh, materials and then testing testing their strength and uh, compressibility and stuff, he kind of relied on computationally com computational techniques to try all the different combinations of structures and materials to limit how much time he used on experimenting on these materials. So what he ended up doing was creating a new metamaterial that was exactly that. It was able to be highly compressed, uh, but also rather strong when it was expanded. So just a really cool highlight about how machine learning could be a game changer for research. Instead of experimenting in the lab, trying to develop a simulation or, you know, crunch it through some uh, you know, simulations to try to find the most optimal conditions first and then try to make it. I would know research 
and experimentation can be really tedious. I think it's great that everyone goes through it, but at the same time, when you're in the lab at 2 a.m. on a Saturday, you might want to turn to machine learning to help you out. So that is the last story that I'm covering today. Let me just give you a quick recap of what we talked about. We talked about the company Arm, how they want to be a leader in mobile machine learning. Talked about how Square is prioritizing artificial intelligence and machine learning and how they're going to enable small businesses uh, to really uh, level the playing field uh, compared to bigger businesses, things like customer service uh, being kind of democratized through their machine learning efforts. Really cool story out of Hyundai. They're, they've created one of the first smart cruise control technologies, which is it's cruise control and machine learning, but it's trying to make a more comfortable experience for the driver and really excited to see how that turns out for them. And I think that's a huge uh, factor in adoption of machine learning and autonomous cars. Lastly, I talked about how uh, materials can be uh, essentially developed with machine learning. A story coming out of TU Delft shows exactly how you can do this, how you can kind of minimize how much time you spend on uh, experimentation uh, when you're trying to create something new in research. That's about it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Nick. I'll be back very soon with some more really cool machine learning news. This is AI Buzz. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.